We will take um, whatever action is necessary to continue to protect our democracy and show that we're standing up for our values and our principles. Um, this is a decision we took seriously, we took with careful consideration uh, in order to, uh, to do the right thing and uh, expel the, uh, the Chinese diplomat. We understand uh, there is retaliation, uh, but we will not be intimidated and we will continue to do everything necessary to keep uh, our, uh, our Canadians, uh, keep Canadians protected from foreign Do interference. Well, we knew there would be a cost of kicking out a Chinese diplomat, but there is a much bigger cost of us doing nothing. And so I think our inaction has certainly fueled the escalation of threats from China. And the question is, what happens now? Uh, we don't know how far China will go, but uh, certainly kicking out one diplomat will not fix the political interference in this country, I mean, it's not going to stop the police stations that remain in operation or the harassment, the threats to our Chinese-Canadian communities. And it won't stop China from carrying out or threatening hostage diplomacy, which they have done many, many times. So what happens next? Well, hopefully Canada gets much tougher. But let's ask someone who can tell us how far China will go. His name is Kevin Garrett. His wife, Julia, uh, they were both arrested by Chinese security officials in 2014, accused of stealing military secrets. Great to have you with us, Kevin. Thank you. Very glad to be here, Alex. As you watch uh, the events unfold over the last little while, given all you know, uh, you know, in the background of your experience, what comes to mind with what you're witnessing here in this country and, uh, and our approach to dealing with it? Well, I think at first we know that China would retaliate. They they always will do something like that. And they'll always deny that they've done anything, like interfering with you know, the Emperor Chong. But I think we, you know, they they are doing those things. They are interfering. They are intimidating. They were doing things like that. But of course, they will always deny it. But we need to be more vigilant, I think, and listen to you know the reports from CSIS. It's hard for me to believe that people didn't read that in in the upper levels of government, the kind of reports, because we knew about this long, long before it came into the news that it was going on. Yeah, it, it's almost impossible to think that nobody knew, and apparently nobody knew. It was just one of those reports that kind of just didn't get to anybody, and and that brings us to okay, so the prime minister, leader of a G7 nation isn't aware of threats to his own colleagues, and at the same time, our national, national security threats. It's just very hard to believe, but we've got to act. And so, from your perspective, <clears throat> what do you think needs to happen, and how far do you think China will go in retaliation? I think they're prepared to do more, but they'll probably wait to see what else Canada might do. I mean, it, they will try to do something, in my opinion, uh, that hurts us economically. I mean, sending a diplomat home, yes, is very inconvenient, things like that, but it doesn't hurt us per se. Uh, but they will take, you know, us expelling a Chinese diplomat as a bit of a slap in the face. You know, you don't do that to us. We didn't do anything, yeah. but they did. So I think we need to just be aware, be more vigilant. I think we need to look much more closely into the, quote, police stations that are here from China because they are intimidating people. And we've known that for a long time, but nothing is being done about it. And I think something needs to be done more, much more needs to be done. Yeah. And a lot of people ask, you know, well, how would you not know there was an interference campaign? Like, how would you know? Um, you would know, Kevin. I mean, you would know the tactics they use, but a lot of people don't understand how Michael Chong couldn't know that his family was being harassed. Well, he might not know uh, directly. I mean, it's possible. I mean, for us, when I was imprisoned falsely and falsely accused of spying, which was all false and made up, 
accusations. Uh, our family here, while I was in prison, was being harassed. And CSIS knew about it, and we, we told them about it. And even when I got back, we were harassed. We were followed by uh, Chinese-looking people in cars. They showed up at meetings, very private meetings, uh, unannounced. So they were tracking what was going on, even though we were very careful what we did. You know, so I know it goes on, and I'm kind of a bit surprised that Michael Tong didn't know, but, I mean, it's, it's possible. Right. And some people say it's, it, it's as nuanced as getting a phone call with someone on the line saying, hey, how's your, how's your friend Mary or your mother Mary uh, back in Hong Kong? How's she doing? And it's like, I mean, how do you call the police and report? Well, someone just called me right. to ask me about a right. relative in Hong Kong. I mean, it's, it's mm-hmm. obviously sending a, a signal. Do you think that there's an obligation, should the prime minister, and, I, and I've gotten a few uh, DMs from those in the Chinese community uh, here in Canada who are saying, like, I don't know, should I, should I go see my family? I don't want to go there if I'm going to possibly become a hostage to that government. But do you think that the government should be warning either Chinese Canadians looking to go visit or those who live in that country still that are Canadian? Uh, should they be looking to get out? Uh, they should be warned and they should be careful what they do. Uh, I mean, anything posted online, anything, any kind of negative comments towards China will, will be taken seriously by China. And uh, I mean, that's essentially what happened to Michael Chong, right? If they, he was negative against what was going on with the Uyghurs, uh, and that's another situation as we looked into more. But anything like that that um, goes against what the government wants or desires to show, the Chinese government, then it will, it will come back to people. For sure. Mm-hmm. And do you, do you and Julia, are you concerned or your family concerned? I mean, your home, uh, and I think uh, back those, in those days when you finally got released, I think a lot of people thought, okay, this is the wake-up moment, and yet we uh, continued to be in a slumber as our approach with uh, China. And then, of course, there were the two Michaels, and yet, you know, I think a lot of people thought, okay, that's the turning point, and we still are slumbering along. Um, but, but do you get the sense that, um, you know, there could be something else that could happen, either sending a message, would they harass you again? Uh, it's possible, certainly possible. We do notice a few things when, you know, times when I'm visiting family and that the, you know, the interference seems to come up again. It's like phones, phones go funny and things like that. And so it's, I, it's probably still happening to a much lesser degree than it was when I was in prison in China and when I first came back, but it, it's still happening to a, an extent. Yeah. But, you know, they, they play for the long game. It's not like uh, this just started. They have been building and you know, putting their pieces in um, in play for a long, long time in, in whatever Western nations will allow it. And and we have allowed it. Australia was also a yes. victim to this for a long mm-hmm. time. And they woke up and the prime minister of that country, when they started hearing about Canada, said, you have got to be in their face. you got to deal with this now or you're not going to get exactly. ahead of it. And that is my concern is if Australia now spends 24-7 dealing just with this while they still have to do trade with China, uh, I'm concerned that we're not taking it seriously enough because, as you know, Kevin, this has become very, very political. But, uh, you know, if we have an election, it goes away, but it doesn't go away. The harm to our our country and people still goes on. Yeah, I, I, I totally agree. I think we need to take a much harder stance, a much firmer stance, you know, let our CSIS do its job and find out where what interference is going on and also look at Things like uh, China buying companies in Canada. Mm-hmm. Take a look at that because that brings another level of control or, you know, certainly influence that we don't necessarily want. Yeah, I mean, we're starting to see a little bit of a change with the universities breaking off partnerships long overdue, but I'm happy to see that development. I do think that there is, and I know from polling, that Canadians very much do want a different approach and they would support this government in getting tough. I, I'm just concerned they're not going to get tough enough. 
Yeah, and I, I think the government has to balance things. You know, they want trade, but they want, you know, democracy and everything else as well without interference. So I understand there is a balance, but I think we must make the the balance on the side that we're not going to stand for this. No, and we shouldn't. And the other thing is, Kevin, I mean, just because this one diplomat's gone does not mean it all stops. They just give it off to another person, correct? <laughs> exactly. And it's not just this one diplomat. There are many, many others. We know, we know for a fact. You and experience. Yeah, and you you have made a point. You speak out about this. It's not. I don't even know if you look at it as an obligation, but very much this is your life in speaking out against this. Yeah, and we we did you know write a book about our experience. We didn't put every detail in there because we want to protect some people. But it's you know we just have to realize this is going to go on. It's not going to stop, and we must be more careful in how we handle things and watch what's going on. Yeah, the question is, will we? And I guess we won't know that until. Uh, I guess down the way, but I certainly, I don't look at this as a partisan issue. I look at it as a country first issue, people first issue, and uh, we've got to solve mm-hmm. this. Uh, I very much appreciate your time, Kevin. Uh, appreciate it. We'll have you back. Okay, great. Thank Glad you. to be a part. Thank you. God that bless. is uh, Kevin Garrett, uh, who, along with his wife, Julia, were arrested. They spent two years uh, in jail. And uh, they, were there, they were there for 30 years. So they have a good eye of... Uh, what this country is capable of and what uh, we need to do. And so, yes, he'll speak out on that. And I think we uh, have to listen because you can't just stop this at one diplomat. So where do we go now? We'll wait for the next trickle out uh, of this in the, uh, in the days to come because no question about it, it's coming. Uh, if you are interested in his book, it's called Two Tears on the Window, An Ordinary Canadian Couple disappears in China. So this is a true story. Two tears on the window. And you can get an inside look as to what they went through. It was a, it's a harrowing, harrowing ordeal that they went through.